You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 431, The Fruit of Leadership, Part 3. So we're working through this this passage of Scripture in Galatians 5, and and, and Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And my guess is you've never heard that in connection uh, with leadership. You've probably never heard that verse talked about or taught during a leadership seminar or a management seminar, but I think it is vitally important to talk about these fruits that the Holy Spirit produces in a Christian's life if we're going to be the leaders that God has called us to be. Now, before we jump into it, I want to let you know this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, New Testament Snapshots. New Testament Snapshots is an exciting look at 12 of the lesser-known characters in the New Testament. You know, there's many different ways that you can study the Bible. There's many different ways to study the New Testament. Uh, thematically, by a book, just reading right through it. Uh, there's just so many different ways you can approach uh, a, an in-depth study of the New Testament. But one of the ways that's often neglected is character studies. And I find studying and taking a look at, doing a deeper dive at the uh, characters of the New Testament really gives us some great insight and understanding into uh, what it means to be a follower of Jesus into the formation of the new church and, and the early church and so many other things. But these 12 people that I write about in New Testament snapshots are people that uh, most of us don't have a lot of experience with. There's not a lot written about them in the New Testament. So it's worth exploring and taking a look. Click on the link, go to Amazon, you read the first chapter for free, see if you like it. But by all means, grab a Grab a copy because it's excellent for your own personal Bible study as well as for small group study. So New Testament Snapshots, check it out today. I know you're going to love it. All right, well, we are almost done. We're going to wrap up with this episode. We talked about leading with love, and if love is kind of weird, you can call it care. But you've got to care for the people that you're leading. If you don't, they're going to know it, and you're you're going to have a very difficult road um, to travel down as a leader if you don't care about your people. And it's got to be genuine. It's got to be sincere. And, uh, you know, go back and listen to that episode if, 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 if you didn't get it. Uh, leading with joy. Is, is your leadership light and, and fun or is it heavy and brooding 
and moody. What kind of atmosphere are you creating? And that leads right into leading with peace. The right atmosphere. Look, you're the leader. You create the atmosphere. And creating an atmosphere with peace, even in a hectic workplace, even in a hectic environment, you can create that atmosphere of peace where people can still get their jobs done without there being that heavy tension hanging over the office. Leading with patience. Listen, anytime we're working with people, our patience is going to be tried. Our patience is going to be tested, especially if you've got new people that you're working with and training. Sometimes it's just easier to do it ourselves, but a good leader models patience, patiently teaching, patiently training, patiently working with our people as they do their jobs. Leading with kindness, just being a, a, a good person, a nice person, a, a not with not judging those that that you work for, being somebody that's approachable, uh, being a leader who who people want to be around, just that innate kindness, uh, doing unto others as you'd have people do unto you, kind of that golden rule type of leadership, leading with goodness. Um, goodness talks about benevolence and being upright in heart, integrity. Um, do you keep your word to your people? Uh, leading with goodness, uh, not just to, to, to do good, but to be a good person. Um, leading with faithfulness, being consistent. Are you a consistent leader? I talked about those leaders whose personalities change every week. Um, that's not what we need. We need a leader who's, who's uh, uh, faithful, who's consistent, who, who honors their word and treats their people with integrity. All right, <clears throat> now, last two, last two. We're going to talk about this one, uh, leading with gentleness. Now, gentleness is a trait that we don't, again, often equate with leadership. This sounds like weakness. Gentleness is not weakness. Gentleness actually requires strength of character because how easy is it, and I saw this over and over again in the police department, to get somebody to do something because you had a higher rank than them. Um, There was a a particular leader at at our police department who, um, after he made rank, he would, um, you know, challenge somebody to do something or ask somebody to do something and they might question it. And they're not actually questioning his leadership. They're just asking for clarification. And he would he would tap his badge and say, what does my badge say? Uh, well, it says lieutenant. Well, what does yours say? Well, you know, patrolman. Um, okay, do what I say. Um, what does my badge say after he got promoted to major? Yeah, my badge says major. Yours doesn't. You do what I say and do it right now. You know, that's that's an incredibly poor way to lead. And it creates bitterness and anger among our people. We can, we can sub, be submissive ourselves because we're always submissive to God if we're a Christian. Um, and, and we've got to be humble before him. And as we do that, uh, it doesn't diminish our authority. It actually increases it. Um, there's something powerful about a leader who willingly controls their authority. That leader who comes up to you and asks you, to do something rather than telling you to do something. That leader who asks for your input on a particular job, uh, that leader who 
who even when they're when it's time to bring correction, they do it with gentleness. Listen, this is Christ-like leadership. It's not natural. Uh, you know, the Jesus even said, you know that, um, you know, in, in, in the Roman world where they lived, he said, rulers lord it over their people. But it's not to be like that among you. And so this gentleness actually leads to authority. Um, obviously, there's times we have to have discussions with people about their behavior, their performance, whatever. But we can still do it in such a way that it can be redemptive. Um, even, even in firing people, letting people go. Um, I've had to have these conversations with people, but it's never out of meanness or out of spite or out of anger. Um, it's always trying to, to, to put it in the best light, uh, even encouraging them that, you know, they're going to find something better. It's going to be okay. However you have to do it, but we, we can still operate in that characteristic of gentleness. And then the last one, this is such a good one. I love the fact that we start with love and we end up with self-control. You know, the ability to control our temperament, the ability to control our anger, the ability to control our words, uh, self-control, the ability to even control our facial expressions. Um, Self-control is such a powerful thing for the effective leader. Without self-control, we make rash decisions. We engage in maybe unhealthy uh, conversations. We can treat people with disrespect. We can say things that we shouldn't have said. Um, Self-control is such a powerful thing for a leader. Uh, You know, I, I can't tell you how many times over the years I have seen people commit career suicide because they had no self-control. Maybe they had no self-control in their morals and they did something that ended up uh, costing them something at work, costing them their marriage, costing them their family, costing them their job. Uh, How many times have you seen people say things uh, that, that they really shouldn't have said but they have no self-control. There was, I can remember one fellow in particular that I worked with, and he was constantly criticizing the administration of the police department. And he had risen up one or two ranks, but he had pretty much gone as far as he could go. Um, Actually, I think he he probably retired as a corporal because he could never get beyond that. And part of that was the fact that he was constantly criticizing the administration. Even when the chief was around, he would talk about some decision the chief would make and just overly critical. Well, on the other hand, this guy was constantly complaining that he couldn't get promoted. And finally, I said, why in the world would they promote you? And he kind of acted a little offended. He said, well, you know, I passed the test and this, that, and the other. I said, no, 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 no. I said, you're constantly criticizing the administration that now you all of a sudden want to be a part of. Why would anybody in their right mind promote you when all you're doing is spewing poison? And he didn't like it, but he understood what I was talking about. Um, This lack of self-control is often career suicide. So having self-control, you know, the the, the leader who 
who has no self-control and feels like they have to get involved in a, in a romantic relationship with a subordinate. Well, that's career suicide. Um, the uh, manager, supervisor, vice president, CEO, whatever it is, um, there's just so many people who have absolutely shot themselves in the foot because they just couldn't control their appetites. And listen, self-control is one of the most vital things we can do, uh, one of the most vital things we can work on, one of the most vital um, attitudes, characteristics, fruits of the Spirit that we can develop if we want to be successful in life. So by all means, let's learn how to control ourselves. Controlling our tongue, controlling our passions, controlling our thoughts, um, and like I said, even controlling our facial expressions. I've gotten called out on that one before myself. Um, so so just, a, just a quick wrap-up. You know, we talked about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Each of these things can be outworked in the life of a leader. And we're not talking just about pastors and Christian leaders. It doesn't matter what realm of leadership you're in. There is a place for the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, it's up to you to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and allow these things to come out of your life. And I promise you, it's going to transform your leadership. Well, I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, I hope this has been helpful to you. It's a different way of looking at leadership, but again, I promise this will transform your leadership. So take these things to heart. Memorize these scriptures. Um, you know, there's something powerful about even just quoting that verse, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Um, there are times going into a meeting with someone that I might not be, be sure how this meeting is going to go. I'll actually pray through that um, before that meeting and just ask the Holy Spirit to let me exhibit those fruits. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. Um, if you've got any questions, comments, um, want more information about what we are involved in, go to davidspell.com. Uh, I've got free blogs. The podcast is listed there. All my books are listed there. Uh, my wife and I are involved in uh, missionary activities in South America, in India, in, in Africa, and in, in, uh, serving in our local church here in a variety of ways. And if, if you want to be a part of our team, just click on that link. We would love to have you as a part of what we're doing. And when you're at my web, website, davidspell.com, drop your email address in there. I send out a, a newsletter periodically. It allow you, allows you to kind of follow what we're doing. I'm actually putting together right now a trip to a ministry trip to India coming up very soon. Um, India is dealing with the churches being persecuted there. There's just no other way around it. And the persecution is picking up. Um, I saw it um, actually last year. Uh, really, really saw the, the increase in persecution. Uh, it's very tense in some cities. And so our Christians, our brothers and sisters there need our prayers. So as long as the door is open, I'm going to continue to go. And I appreciate so many of you being a part of our team to, to make that happen. Because when we go, we um, are able to, to provide uh, for so many practical needs 
Uh, somebody told me recently, they said, I love supporting your ministry because the money's going right from your hand into the hands of pastors, rural pastors who get no salary, uh, children who are being taken care of by churches, uh, covering the, the, the expenses for pastors to come to one of our, our seminars, one of our conferences, and taking care of them for two or three days. We, we cover those expenses because these men and women of God really are living by faith. Some of them get no salary at all. They, they're just living by, by God's hand. So anyway, thank you for participating. Thank you for helping us do that. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and we will see you next week on Leading and Learning.